The Productive Woman, Episode 20. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. This week, I will be talking about the smartphone apps I find most helpful in keeping me productive. And since this week's topic is all about tips and tools, I'm going to skip the separate tip and tool of the week and get right into the topic. But first, I've got a special announcement. I realized as I was preparing for this week's episode that um, the 25th episode is coming up in just a few weeks, and that's a big milestone for me, something I am very excited about. I want to make it special, and I want you to participate. I want my listeners to participate. So for the 25th episode, I want to share 25 great productivity tips for busy women, and I would like to include yours. What are your secrets for getting things done? How do you manage your time or organize your stuff? What are the productivity tools you can't live without? My goal, uh, again, is to share 25 top tips or 25 great tips for the 25th episode. And I hope to hear from so many of you that there won't be time for me to share any of mine because I talk every week. So there are a couple of ways that you can contribute and some reasons or a reason maybe why you would want to. You can email your tips to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Please put 25th episode in the subject line so I'll know to look for it. Or even better, you can actually be heard on the 25th episode by going to theproductivewoman.com and click on the button uh, on the right-hand side to leave a voice message and share your tip that way. If you do that, and I hope you will, um, be sure to let me know who you are. You know, you don't have to share your last name if you don't want to. So just, hi, I'm Susan from St. Louis, and this is my favorite productivity tip or, you know, something along those lines. Be sure and speak clearly. Keep it succinct, you know, uh, two or three minutes maybe. If it's a website or an app or something like that that you rely on, be sure to give the URL so we know where to find it. And if you have more than one tip that you want to share, and that's perfectly okay, but please leave them as separate recordings so I can organize how I play them. Because if you leave this this voice message, it will literally come to me as an audio file that I can plug in uh, to the recording for the show and actually play it. So you'll hear yourself uh, on air. And I really hope that you will do that. Hope you will share in that way. Um, And and as an incentive, in celebration of the 25th episode, I'm going to draw one name at random from among those who contribute to the show. And that one person will win a $25 Amazon gift card. So please be sure to send your tip in by December 31st, 2014 at at the latest to be included. You know, sooner is better. I can't wait to hear your suggestions and I'll remind you again later on at the end of the show and in the next few weeks. So again, excited to hear what you're going to contribute. So that being said, let's get into the topic of the week. And 
This came about because recently I put a suggestion out on social media, uh, or a question out on social media for suggestions for topics to discuss on the show. And I had more than one request that I talk about uh, and recommend time-saving or productivity apps for the, the iPhone or the smartphone. And I, I got to thinking, this is something I get asked about a lot by my colleagues at work, because everybody knows I try lots and lots of apps. Um, there are literally thousands and thousands of apps in the App Store and also in the, the App Store corollary for Android phones and that sort of thing. Tons of options for the various productivity categories like task managers and file managers. And in future episodes, I'm, I plan to share my reviews of various options, but I thought for this episode, I would go through a list of 10-ish apps that I can't do without on my iPhone. Many of these are also available for Android and other platforms, but I use an iPhone, I'm an Apple geek, and so I'll, I'll be kind of focusing on that, but I'll try and let you know which ones are also available for uh, other platforms. A few just quick tips before I get into the list of, of these apps, um, some tips for making your phone really work for you. Number one is don't get distracted by every new app that comes along. And, and, you know, if my husband heard me say this, he would laugh out loud. Here's where you should do as I say, not as I do, because yeah, I try them all. If something works for you, though, stick with it and, and, and instead of kind of spending time playing with apps and finding uh, new apps and new ways of doing things you're already doing well, you can focus your time on getting things done. Number two, keep your four most frequently used apps in the dock at the bottom of your screen so they're accessible from every screen. And I'll talk about which, well, I, I don't even have to talk about which of those. I will share a screenshot of my first home screen in the show notes for this episode, and you'll see which ones I Keep it the, in the dock so that they're always available to me. Show notes again for this episode are at theproductivewoman.com slash 20, the number 20. Um, number three, after those four that you keep in the dock, keep the apps that you use most often on the first home screen. So they're the first thing that pop up when you, when you activate your phone. And number four, make the use make use of folders for similar categories of apps that you need from time to time, but don't use daily. It helps keep your screen kind of organized and orderly and uh, something that I find helpful. So those are just some things to keep in mind as we go into this. And so without uh, any further ado, as they say, um, in sort of no particular order, but not really. Uh, let's start with number one, and you've heard me talk about some of these apps uh, or these programs in the past in, in other ca- uh, contexts, but here I'm talking specifically about the apps on my iPhone. Number one is LastPass for premium users, and this is, as you've, I've talked about before, LastPass is a password manager. It is um, something that stores all my passwords for um, the secure sites that I log into. And, you know, you can listen to previous episodes where I've talked about it. There will be a link uh, for the LastPass website in the show notes where you can find out more about it. Um, this is the pre- for premium users, uh, which you need to be in order to use the app on your phone. It's $12 a year, but LastPass is available on all platforms, Mac, um, 
regular Windows PCs, Android, and of course, iOS. Again, it stores all my passwords. And so to use it in certain apps, for instance, my banking app, which I'm going to talk about a little bit more later, I simply open the LastPass app first, type in the first few letters of the account name, and there, there's a search bar at the top of the app, pull up that account, tap on it, and select copy password. And then I go to the app uh, to log in and tap in the password blank, tap paste, and voila, ready to launch and get right into my secure account. So that's... Um, that's kind of how I use it for most of the apps that are on my phone that I that have secure accounts that go with them. LastPass, uh, the app on the iPhone, also includes a browser right in the app. So there's if there's a site that I don't have an app for, a, a separate app for, I can open LastPass. Uh, again, type in the first few letters of that whatever that account is to bring it up, tap on it, and select launch. And it launches that website right there inside the LastPass app, logs me in, and I'm good to go. On the iPhone, with if you have iOS 8, um, LastPass works with Safari, which is Apple's browser. So if you are, you know, on the internet in the site you want to log into, um, there's a the little share button at the top of the browser, or I think it's at the top, maybe at the bottom, um, the little square thing with the arrow coming out of it. Um, tap on that, and you can choose and tap on the LastPass icon. It will see what site you're on, and then you tap on that, and it'll fill in the username and password and log you in. So again, you're not having to remember your passwords. You've got them in that app on your phone. And uh, as I've mentioned, I think in the past, you can create secure notes in LastPass that would, to save important but you know sensitive information that maybe you don't want everybody to get at. You can access those secure notes that you've saved in LastPass from the app on your phone. LastPass is definitely one of those four apps that I keep in my dock. So whatever screen I'm on in my um, on my phone, I always have access to LastPass. Love that app. Um, highly recommend it. it and it, again, there. I've talked as I've talked before. There are other password managers that have similar apps, but this is about the ones that I use. So number one, LastPass. The number two on the list is my task manager, and this is um, for me. That's OmniFocus, and I have used OmniFocus for for uh, two or three years uh, as a task manager. This is where every project. Every task that I don't do immediately goes into this, and this is where I sort of organize all those things that I need to do that aren't appointments. Um, in OmniFocus, you can create projects and then break them down into the smallest component parts, which are tasks, and then and you can do all sorts of things in terms of organizing those um, tasks. Um, for example, a project might be, for me, a produce an episode of the Productive Woman podcast. And that is actually a recurring project that I have on my, uh, in, in OmniFocus. And it has a number of tasks that are part of the process. Number one, each week is to choose a topic. Then I'll research reference materials, get ideas of things I want to say. Uh, then I'll prepare an outline. So I know what I'm going to talk about and hopefully I'm not wasting your time. 
then I'll pre uh, prepare the show notes, which is a, a kind of a consolidated version of my outline. I will find a photo or an image to include in the show notes. Uh, so that's another task. Uh, then I record the episode, then I edit and process the audio file, and I have steps I go through to do that. Then I'll upload the file into the um, media host where I keep, keep that audio file, uh, and then I publish the episode, and then the last task is to schedule the social media announcements of the new episode so people know about it. So I can, you know, I create that project. I break it down into those tasks, and all of those are kept in OmniFocus. I, um, OmniFocus lets you set up different views, which it calls perspectives, so you can see what needs to be done um, wherever you are. For instance, I have, a, have perspectives set up for home, for my office at my day job, for computer or online, for phone. Uh, for errands, there are various perspectives that I find useful. And so, you know, if I'm, say, getting ready to make a phone call or I'm at the phone and I want to see, all right, what are all my phone calls, uh, phone tasks that I need to do? I can click on that perspective and have uh, any phone calls that need to be made from any of my projects are listed there. And I can kind of just, you know, kind of click right through them. So similarly, if I'm running errands, uh, and, and I then I can click on the errands perspective and see everything I've marked as an errand in every project that I have. Uh, OmniFocus on my iPhone has well on all the all the versions of it has a quick capture thing, so you can you know just tap on a thing and and enter a a task that you need to remember to do later, and then you can process it later, assign it to a project in a context, add a time frame if there's a deadline for it, things like that. You have the ability to defer, put projects on hold, if, you know, because my list of projects is very, very long that I have in OmniFocus. And um, as part of the process, and this kind of goes with the whole getting things done um, protocol or process for um, accomplishing things, um, you do a weekly review and you, where you look through all your projects, all your tasks, evaluate the status. And it may be that you have a project that you know you're not going to have time to get to for a while, and you can defer it. You can tap on a button and defer it. So it's really, um, OmniFocus is a very robust pro uh, task manager, project manager kind of program. And I love the fact that it synchronizes across all my devices. So I have OmniFocus on my Mac, on my iPad, on my iPhone, and um, it synchronizes. So whatever I'm looking at, it has the current status of my various tasks. It is not a cheap um, program. It's very robust. As I said, it can do so many things and help if you've got lots of different irons in the fire. Um, OmniFocus for the iPhone costs $20 in the App Store or at the OmniFocus or Omni Group website. And uh, for the iPad, it's another $30. And then there are versions for the Mac as well. There's a 14-day free trial available on the Mac, but we're talking about iPhone right now. So uh, it's something, as I said, I've used OmniFocus as my task manager for, oh, two or three years. Now, I will say I have recently um, uh, 
been trying out another task manager that you might want to look at, and it's called Nozbe, N-O-Z-B-E. Again, you'll find links uh, to the websites for both of these in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 20. Nozbe is the task manager that uh, Michael Hyatt recommends. And so I, I've read about it a lot and heard other people recommend it. And I thought I'd give it a try. And so I'm kind of running these two um, concurrently to try, try out Nozbe. It has a, uh, Nozbe has a free plan that allows you to have up to five projects going at a time. Uh, and then if you want more than that, as, as I do, uh, the personal plan costs $10 a month. It's, this is a web-based one, but there are apps for the phone and so on. Um, but you pay the $10 a month, and it's available to you everywhere. Or you can save 20% by paying for a year up front, and that's $96 instead of the 120 it would be otherwise. One thing I'm liking about Nosby is because it's got a browser-based version, uh, it's available to me on my computer at the office, the, the one that the firm issues to me, which is a, a Windows-based PC. OmniFocus is only Mac-based. And so I'm, I'm liking some of the features of Nosby. And if you need to be able to go back and forth between a, a Windows-based PC and, and Mac devices, uh, you know, an iPhone and so on, you might want to give Nosby a try. So check that out. It has some pretty cool features to it. So that's number two in my list of 10. Um, and uh, that's my task manager. Number three, you've heard me talk about before as well, and that's Evernote. Uh, and you find that at evernote.com. It has a free version or you can pay uh, $5 a month. Or I think if you pay for the whole year up front, it's less than $60. The paid version has far more features. I happily pay the, the, for the paid version. It, Evernote is available on all platforms, Windows, um, Mac, iPhone, iPad, uh, Android tablets. It's avail available everywhere. And Evernote is my digital filing cabinet. I store everything there. All sorts of reference materials from equipment manuals, photos of the license plates and VIN labels for our cars, copies of birth certificates, warranty documents. I store receipts in there for tax purposes at the end of the year. It's an idea catcher. I, for instance, I keep a running list of topic ideas for the Productive Woman um, podca uh, podcast. Uh, I keep a list in there of questions to ask the doctor at my next next appointment because usually when I'm sitting there with the doctor, I can't remember any of the you know aches and pains or questions that have come up in between appointments. Well, I have a, a note in Evernote where just when I think of something in between appointments, I'll stick it in there. And so then when I've got the doctor in the room with me, I just pull up that list and list and remember. Oh yeah, I was going to ask you about this. Um, so there's any number of, of things, ways you can use Evernote as an idea catcher. It's a brilliant part of a, a paperless initiative. If you're trying to minimize the amount of paper you have in your home or office, so many things can go in there. Examples would be, you know, if you've got kids that are in school that bring their art projects home or certificates of accomplishment or whatever, and you, you can either, you know, keep all those art projects around the house forever, 
Or you can, you know, keep them on display for a little while, then take a photograph if it's a, you know, a 3D kind of project or scan it if it's a drawing or something like that uh, and save those in Evernote and create a notebook for each child or a tag for each child. And I'll talk about that and just uh, what those are in just a second. And you've, then you've got them forever. They're available to you forever. The app on the iPhone is just wonderful. There's so many things you can do with it. Um, you can scan handwritten notes, and they become searchable in um, Evernote. So literally, the, the text of them becomes searchable. So if you take notes for a class or for a, you know during church or something like that, you can scan those in instead of saving the pieces of paper scan them into Evernote. They are searchable. You can find them any number of ways. And again, you have access to them on your phone. Uh, there is a feature on the app in the, in the iPhone that lets you take a photograph of business cards and it'll extrapolate the information out of it and put it in your um, address book. So that's pretty cool. So it's, it's literally my digital filing cabinet. That's where I store so many things. It provides easy access. It syncs among all the devices I use. And the way it works, each uh, document or note or whatever that you save into Evernote, uh, they call them notes. And you can create notebooks um, to collect notes on for a particular purpose. Um, and you can create notebook stacks if you've got different sets of, of notebooks that kind of go together. It also allows you to tag items for easy searching late, later. You can create shortcuts for the notes or notebooks that you want to use the most, and then you have very quick access to them on your phone or anywhere else. It allows you to create reminders. So if you've got a note, for instance, one of the things I do, I'm a member of an a online writers group, and I took on the task of um, sending a reminder out twice a week to whoever is the person who's responsible for putting up a new topic for discussion in the online forum. And so I created an Evernote note that's the list of the, uh, the schedule, who's scheduled to post a topic when, and their email addresses. And I have set a reminder on it so that Evernote dings at me the day um, that the, before that somebody's supposed to post, and then I can quickly send them an email reminding them that they're supposed to post the new topic the next day. So that's one way that I use the reminders feature of Evernote. Again, it, it syncs, uh, it works with browsers and other kinds of apps. So you can add, uh, you know, if you've got an email that you want to save into Evernote for future reference, you can just click a button and it'll save it. It's, um, it works with my browsers. You can put a little extension in there and I click on the little elephant, uh, Evernote's icon is a little green elephant. And I click on that and uh, when I'm, you know, if there's a web page that an article that I'm reading or something, a resource for the, the podcast or something like that I want to save for some other purpose, click on the little elephant, elephant and it will just save that, um, that web page, that article or whatever, right into Evernote so that I've got it available to me. So really so much you can do with Evernote. I, I could spend a whole episode talking about it and maybe sometime I will, but we're at 23 minutes and I'm only on item three in my list. So I'm going to move on 
Uh, there's a link in the show notes again at theproductivewoman.com slash 20. Number four, and I'm going to have to race now, is Dropbox. And I've talked about this before. Um, Dropbox has uh, also a free version, or you can spend $10 a month for more space and more features. It also is available on all platforms and all devices. And I've got the app on my phone and uh, access it almost daily. Where Evernote is my digital digital um, filing cabinet, um, Dropbox is my digital working file. So this is where I will keep any document that I need to access from more than one device or location. It's going to go into Dropbox. Where the, the things in um, Evernote might be a PDF document that I need to refer to or a web page or something like that. Most of, um, you can save all those sorts of things in Dropbox, but mostly I'm going to save a Word document or a pages if it's a, you know, a, a Mac document. Something that I'm actually creating, working drafts or forms that I, I need to use or templates. I also keep the audio files and the artwork for the Productive Woman podcast in a folder in Dropbox. And um, basically any, again, any document or, or file that I need to be able to access from more than one place goes in there instead of being saved just on the hard drive of my computer. Um, many, in addition to that, many, many apps use it to sync their data across devices. So that's helpful if you want to use the same app, for instance, on your phone and on your, on your tablet. Uh, one way that I use this is I use a, uh, the app called Scrivener to, uh, to write my novel. And I keep the master file for that in Dropbox so that I can access it from Scrivener on my iMac when I'm at home or on my MacBook Pro when I'm traveling. Um, it also backs it up each time to the hard drive on that computer. And that, those are backed up elsewhere. But the main file is in Dropbox, so it's accessible from both. You can, uh, so lots of apps use it that way. You can set Dropbox to back up the photos from your phone into a camera uploads fold folder so that those photos are saved. Even if you delete them from your phone, you've got access to them later. So that's another use for Dropbox. One thing that's great about Dropbox is the ability to share the files that you have in there. It's a great tool for sharing documents with others in your family or on your team at the office or with clients. You can simply click on the folder that you want to share and email an invitation to the person you want to share it with. And once they accept it, they can get at those documents without you having to email them back and forth. You can do the same thing either with a folder or you can generate a link for a specific document, which then you, you can mail that link to anybody that you want to share it with. Really useful, a million uses for it. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, uh, number five is an app I've mentioned before called Drafts. And this is, a, a, I think it's $10 on iOS for, and then that's a universal app. So uh, you pay the $10 once and you can access, use it, you know, download the app onto your iPhone, your iPad, wherever. Uh, it's only iOS. It's a very simple concept. It's, this is, this is a, um, a, a note-taking app. And the concept is really simple. You simply open it and start typing and decide later where you want to send it. So for instance, um, I mean, literally any text that you want to create, any words, 
uh, if it's a phone number you want to remember or an email message or an idea you don't want to forget, an appointment that you need to add to your calendar. You don't have to, if you're, you can do this on the go, you don't have to tap through various screens to get to the, uh, where you want to put the info. Like if it's in a, a contact, you can just open drafts. It gives you a clean, fresh sheet of paper, so to speak. You just start typing. Once you have it in there, then you can send it to your calendar, to your task manager, send it as an email or a text. It, it synchronizes with all these other apps and you, it's just a couple of taps and you can, once you've um, got the text in there, you can send it where, uh, where you want it to be. It's very quick, very convenient, um, very versatile, so many ways that you can do it. It's compatible with Text Expander, which is another great app I can't live without. Um, I don't have time to talk about it this time, but uh, I, there are links to the websites for both Drafts and Text Expander in the show notes. Check it out. Love it. Um, use it all the time. Number six is, um, generically speaking, a banking app. Mine is Chase. That happens to be where we have our accounts. The app is free. It's probably available on all platforms. I use it on my phone all the time. It lets me access my bank account securely on the go from wherever I am. I can check balances. I can pay bills. I can deposit checks, which is very convenient for me because there's no branch of uh, Chase near my office, which is where I spend most of my time. It lets me send money to anybody with an email address. It lets me transfer money from our account into our son's account with just a couple of taps. So many great things you can do with a banking app. Highly recommend. I, I check it probably at least once a day, if not more often sometimes. So um, check out your whatever bank you use probably has an app that you can download for free and link to your account and do all sorts of cool things that help you be productive. Number seven, this is kind of an odd one, but this is, this is one of my new favorites. And this is the Walmart Savings Catcher. Now, the app is just the Walmart app. You can download it for free from the App Store. And I'm sure the Android, uh, it's available on Android. It, it, the, the app itself lets you shop for things and do all kinds of other stuff. But once, if you set up an account with Walmart, uh, walmart.com, uh, the app has a component called a savings catcher that is so cool. It lets you scan your receipts from Walmart, uh, as anything you have to do it within seven days, and then it will search the advertised prices of, the, of Walmart competitors in your area. And it, this takes a couple of days usually, but if any of the items you bought are, were offered by one of those competitors for less, Walmart gives you credit for that difference plus the sales tax on it, which then you can use to uh, as Walmart bucks to buy other things at Walmart stores or online. Um, so, you know, it saves you a little bit of money here and there and it adds up. And if you sign up for uh, the Bl Bluebird card, it's, which is basically an American Express prepaid card product, you can have your Walmart bucks added to that card and then you can just use it um, just like an, any credit card to pay for things at Walmart stores. And at, at least as of right now, I forget how long this goes, but as I'm recording this, which is mid-November uh, of 2014, they're offering a deal that if you trans, you know, if you put your Walmart bucks onto this Bluebird, uh, Bluebird card, they will double it. So, I mean, I've gotten uh, stuff doubled I've, in, you know, within 
a month, I got probably $25 when, uh, of credit that I was able to use at Walmart. And it just happens that the closest grocery store to where I am is a Walmart. So that's where I shop. And um, so it's saving me some money. And I'm loving that. All right. Number eight on my top 10 list is a, an app that comes with the, uh, the operating system on the iPhone, and that's Maps, Apple's Maps app. And I use that often when I'm out and about to find uh, how to get where I'm going. And it may be that I know that I'm where I'm going, and I just enter in the address, and it will uh, help me find it. But what I often use it for is as I'm traveling and I need to find a gas station or a Walgreens or we want to go, you know, get some seafood to eat. And I can use it in conjunction with Siri, the voice uh, activation there. And I can just say, you know, Siri, where's the nearest gas station? And Siri will search, pull up a couple options. I can pick which one I want to go to. And then it'll send the, that address into maps and maps will track from where I am to wherever that gas station is, give me step-by-step audible directions that I can listen to as I drive. It's a really useful uh, um, app for getting me where I need to be, especially when I don't know where I want to go. So uh, especially in conjunction with Siri, really useful, really helpful. Number nine is a travel app that I use all the time. And again, there's a website for it, um, link in the show notes. And that's TripIt. Um, it basically assembles your reservation information for any trips that you take, business or personal. You simply, uh, most of the time you get e- uh, emails with confirmations for reservations for your flights, your hotel, your rental car, any of that. You just forward that confirmation email to plans at tripit.com. And if, if you have, once you've set up the account, it takes that email, parses the information and creates an itinerary and keeps all that information for you. Um, the uh, pro version, which I forget what the charge is. I'll, I'll try and put that in the show notes, but it will track your flights for you and send you alerts. Uh, if your flight's delayed, tell you what alternative flights are available, see if better seats are available, all kinds of cool stuff. You can share the information in it with others, with your family members or colleagues. It will track the points from your frequent flyer or frequent visitor programs. So I have been using uh, TripIt for several years and really find it useful uh, for whenever I'm traveling. Uh, And I I wanted to also say, in addition to that, my other travel app that I can't live without, I mostly fly American because I fly out of Dallas and it's their hub, so they have the best schedules for me. And I use the American Airlines app all the time on my phone to check flights, to check in for my flight, to access my boarding pass and put it into Apple's Passbook app so I can just scan the the QR code at security and at boarding. Saves having to carry uh, that extra piece of paper, the boarding pass. Just helps me be a little more productive when I'm on the go. And finally, number 10 um, is... Uh, kind of a category of what I call audio learning. I have in, uh, off, had long commutes at various times. And one way that I have learned to make good use of commute time or waiting time is to listen to podcasts um, and 
or uh, audiobooks. And so the podcast app that I use on my phone, and I literally use this every day, is one called Downcast. And I think it's about $10 in the app store. I, I really like it um, because it, uh, it helps me. I can create playlists of podcasts on a similar topic like tech podcasts and productivity podcasts, the kinds of things that I like to listen to. Um, you can create a playlist and, and it'll just set it to automatically start the next episode when the one I'm listening to ends. So I really like Downcast. Uh, it also lets you set um, to play the episodes at, say, one and a half times or even twice the normal speed, which sounds kind of funny, but it lets you get through them faster. So that sometimes can save time and get you through things. It also lets you quickly uh, skip back a few seconds to replay if you miss something or you want to hear it again. Um, Love Downcast. I also use the app for um, audible.com, which is where I get my audiobooks. The app is free and you can subscribe at audible.com for a monthly plan uh, for that fits your needs. So audio learning apps are a great way to make use of time to learn something or get a little entertainment. Um, it would, so those are my 10. Uh, it would be so easy to waste time playing with the many available apps instead of actually getting stuff done. And I, I'll admit that I've been guilty of doing that, but it's not a good path to productivity. Still, uh, in our busy on-the-go world, the judicious use of the right apps can really help us keep our time and our life under control. The apps that I've talked about here are 10 of, a little 10-ish, I guess, of uh, the apps that I have found absolutely indispensable. So what do you think? Do you use your smartphone to save time or get things done? What, what are your favorite productivity apps for your smartphone? I'd love it if you'd share your thoughts by going to theproductivewoman.com slash 20 and scroll down to the comments section and, and uh, let me know what apps you love uh, so that I can share them in future episodes. All right, so uh, I want to just close with a couple of quick announcements. Uh, again, I always want to make sure that I'm covering topics that are useful and interesting to you. So if there's something you'd like me to talk about, let me know. You can email your questions or your suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, or you can leave a voice message by going to theproductivewoman.com and clicking on the button there. I, I want to thank Jamie Marie and Dana Manili, among others, for the suggestions that inspired this episode. So thanks, ladies. Uh, one, one little reminder, the tool of the week from episode 19, which was cozy.com, uh, I wanted to remind you that it still, as of I, this recording, has a special offer running that you might want to check into. This is, uh, remember, an app and a web-based organizer for busy families. Let you keep track of your family members' schedules and so on. Their website says that if you sign up for them, and I think it's a free service, but if you sign up by December 1 of 2014, you will get a Black Friday goodie bag that it says is full of savings for your holiday gift list. So check that out at uh, cozy.com. That's C O Z I.com. Um, the Productive Pod Woman podcast is going to take Thanksgiving week off. I figure you have lots of other things to do besides listen to a new podcast episode. 
But if you have some time while you're, you know, running around for the holidays um, or uh, cooking or whatever, you can always use the week to catch up on past episodes. I will be back the following week with another new episode. Don't forget to email your favorite productivity tips or leave a voicemail by clicking on the button at theproductivewoman.com to be part of the 25th episode productivity celebration. Get your tips to me by December 31, 2014 to be eligible for the drawing for a $25 Amazon gift card. And finally, remember uh, that The Productive Woman is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network, which is a network of podcasts on a variety of topics. For instance, if you're a fan of the TV shows Once Upon a Time or Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, you might enjoy the Once podcast where the hosts discuss and theorize about those shows. Um, Check it out at oncepodcast.com. Uh, And you can look at that and find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. We've gone a little long this time. I hope uh, it was useful. I appreciate you sticking with me and hope that one or more of the, the apps that I've suggested might be useful to you. Remember that if you're enjoying the podcast and haven't subscribed, you can do so in iTunes or in Stitcher. And there are links to both in the show notes. Uh, Again, theproductivewoman.com slash 20. If you think the podcast is worthwhile, I would be grateful if you would consider posting a rating or a review of The Productive Woman in iTunes. That helps keep it visible and helps other women find it. And remember also that we are on Facebook, and I would love to see you there. So look for The Productive Woman on Facebook, like the page, and leave a post there to introduce yourself and say hi. I want to hear from you. I really look forward to hearing from you there and talking with you again soon. And until then, remember to extend grace to each other and to yourself, and go make your life matter.